This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey everyone, welcome. It's Carm Capriato, Town Hall Academy 347. We're talking to a Gen Z mechanic. His name is Owen Chambers. Welcome, my panel. It's Sarah Frazier, Vice President, Business Development and Client Services at Haas Performance Consulting on the web at HaasPerformanceConsulting.com. Sarah! Hey, Carm! Good to see you, Sarah. Say hello to your dad for me. Owen Chambers is with us from BC Automotive in Buffalo, New York. He works for Chris Green, the owner there. Hello, Owen. Hello, how's it going? It's great. Thank you, Owen, for coming on. He is a fresh newbie in our industry, about six months. Owen's 23 years old. He's originally from Orange County, New York. He graduated the University of Buffalo here in Buffalo in 2022 in business admin with a concentration on marketing. And he's got about six months, as I said, with BC Automotive. And he loves athletics, angling, motorsports, all that kind of good stuff as a Gen Z guy. Thank you. We're here to pick your brains, Owen. Oh, yeah. Excited to be here. Happy for the opportunity. Hey, I'm glad you're here. We want you to teach all of us what goes through a Gen Z's mind, especially as you continue to forage your way <laughs> in the uh, automotive repair business. Hey, before we go too far, high five to our great sponsors. Is your auto shop feeling stuck in the Stone Age? Well, it's time for a techvolution. Introducing Tech App by Shopware, the tool that will make your technicians feel like superheroes zap all those outdated processes and embrace the future of automotive excellence check it out at getshopware.com and with over 2300 sku's and 95 percent sales coverage on fuel pumps delphi has everything you need to replace your customer's fuel pump from oem quality pumps modules gdi pumps and fuel tank cleaning supplies and instructional videos get started talk to my friends at delphiaftermarket.com Okay, everybody, look, I've been actually doing a bunch of shows, Sarah and Owen, on this. And ironically, the whole idea of Gen Z just comes up as we are talking a lot about apprenticing, okay? And it seems like that's what we're finding and we're getting that would come into the industry and go through an apprentice program that would be Gen Z's. So here's the deal. I'm going to ask some questions to Owen. Sarah's going to kind of piggyback on them and take her expertise as she goes around the country teaching this to people. Are you going to teach this at ASTE? I will not be teaching at ASTE. The next thing I have coming up will be ATRA and then APEX. Got it. Okay. So I will be at ASTE. But you will be there. Okay, great. Well, be sure we say hi. So what was your motivation, Owen, Owen, to, I know you had a career in finance, but then you decided, hey, I'm going to jump over to this opportunity at BC Automotive. Yeah. So my overall motivation kind of was a couple different factors there, mostly being just after graduating school, you know, kind of went the traditional route, uh, looking for, you know, a business related job. I ended up finding one here in Buffalo. I was working there for a bit, but noticed, you know, after a few months, uh, it wasn't overly gratifying for me, just working, you know, completely mentally or just sitting at the desk. Uh, I always had enjoyed more hands-on work, never like officially as a career path, but I did do some work in like masonry and kind of construction beforehand. And I just noticed that it kind of fit me better and I already had an interest in, you know, motorsports and whatnot. So I figured, you know, I'd like to learn, kind of create a long-term path that really satisfied me, you know, even if finance could be more beneficial at the moment and see myself really enjoying it for 40 years or whatnot. Interesting. From finance to automotive repair. So I read something recently, which kind of shocked me. And that was that 40% of Gen Z say that they plan on leaving their current job within the next two years. 
And I was kind of floored by that. But now hearing you talk about having this position and then leaving to do something that was maybe more in your wheelhouse or more hands-on, could you talk a little bit about what it is that's making Gen Z maybe want to leave their jobs for something else and what it is that you're looking for in that next job? Okay, yeah. So I think a lot of people, they are based on developing their interests at my age at least. So I think a lot of people are kind of funneled into the college path just naturally. You know, most parents or my my parents' age at least, they still have this, I don't know if it's a myth or a, kind of a false idea that college is the automatic path to success almost. And not just financial, but, you know, at least knowing what you want to do. And I think that might be a bit of an outdated kind of idea now that college is almost a baseline necessity. You know, if you go there, it seems like everybody has a degree at this point. So going back, you know, kind of to the original question there, you know, why people might be moving around more, I think is a lot of people aren't satisfied after college with, you know, where they just end up going somewhere they picked kind of the path when they were 17 or 18. You know, once they build some life experiences, you know, they realize what actually, you know, interests them. I think something that also will feed a lot into that is honestly social media and seeing like stuff that maybe they haven't been exposed to, but they're kind of seeing through the lens of someone else. They're watching them do it every day. All of a sudden, you know, it's being fed to them. You know, on their explore pages, their Instagram, Facebook, whatnot, mm-hmm. they're just seeing it over and over and they think, you know, maybe that life, you know, served, would serve me better. FOMO. Yeah, they're spending all their free time maybe watching someone else do something they're interested in. And so I think a lot of people want to do it themselves. This piece of influencer marketing, of marketing products, but influencers are also influencing you on your career path and what you want to be doing for work is kind of seeing that on social media. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that. And I don't think as many people actually do it. I think some people resign themselves to just watching it or having it as a hobby or whatnot. But personally, I felt at least I had the opportunity. I was young enough. I could make the change. I was like, I better do it now. The fear of missing out is such a huge issue that social media has actually just served on a serving tray. It's a buffet. It's a buffet to see what's going on, friends or not. I think you said and you told me that Instagram was your preferred social media site. Yeah, I'd say Instagram. Just kind of my most automatic kind of specializes most to me, probably just from using it the most. Everything I seem to like is just automatically there for me. So we got to think that through a little bit, Sarah. I didn't mean to get in your way there, but as shop owners, if we want to keep our great young Gen Zs with us, we've got to give them a reason to tell their friends that, hey, this is cool. Uh, let them feel that they're missing out on something. Neat new tool, coolest car. I mean, maybe the whole piece of social media that we're doing as owners and as a business that needs to include the Gen Z in that mix. This is a great revelation. Definitely. And we should probably define who Gen Z is for anyone who's listening. And I know there tends to be a lot of confusion between millennials and Gen Z. So Gen Z right now is nine years old to 24 years old. So when we're looking at 25 and up, those are your millennial employees. And so I know a lot of People still look at people in their 20s and go, oh, those are millennials. Owen is sitting here. He is Gen Z. So just kind of wanted to define that age. Back to the Instagram piece. So I was kind of surprised by this as well, because I would have thought that Gen Z prefers TikTok, but they don't. 64% are using Instagram at least once a day. Owen, do you use TikTok? Is there a reason that Instagram is more appealing? Yeah, so I might be a bit of an outlier for this because I kind of rebel against TikTok personally. Just because I've noticed how addicting it's been up to this point. And I was like, I don't need any more like temptation there. So I kind of drew the line there. But I know most of my friends and probably everyone younger than me. I'm probably the last line there uh, as far as not using it. Because like I said, I just don't want to be 
completely engulfed in that. Which is interesting because it's also been a trend amongst your age group to take social media breaks. Is that something that you've seen you or your friends kind of going, I'm, I'm just taking a, a week off of it or? Yeah, I actually deleted it for a while and I still don't even save it on my home screen. I keep it as something I have to search in the bar just because I recognize I'll spend too much time on it. Like I'll get home and not do what I'm supposed to do, not do the dishes, not clean up. Like I said, I'll spend half an hour looking at car motorcycle videos instead, not even realizing, you know, I did it. But I think that's a big thing for your generation is that you guys are very realistic and you see that and you're aware of the effects and Gen Z is much more aware of things that affect mental health and are more open about talking about those things where I think me as a millennial, I can lose five hours on TikTok or Instagram and then after the fact be like, oh, where did my day go? Where you're saying, you know, you already know that that's going to happen. So you kind of put the roadblocks in place to make sure that you're not losing your time that way. Yeah, or at least I try to. I probably still spend too much time there. <laughs> wow. Can you see yourself with a career in this industry? you have any idea how far you could go? Yeah, so it's still very early for me. I still feel like I'm kind of in the gen ed of you know automotive, but I would like to have a career in it if I could. If there was an opportunity for me to you know find something that specifically interests me and kind of get a gut feeling that you know seems like something that I could really move forward with, I would like to kind of, I don't know, to me, I would like to have a niche almost in the industry that I kind of specialize in, something I get good at or just at least be known for. It's so interesting that you've got a business background with a concentration in marketing. Frankly, let me tell you this, Owen. There are so many incredible jobs in this industry of ours. Millions of people work in it. I know there's so many people that started out just like you that are directors of training, vice presidents of companies, because they just said, this is a great industry. I got to learn everything I want, but my career path needs to be kind of this. They stayed in the industry, but they kept looking for opportunities and they became influencers in their own right. And I don't doubt that you could. One of the things that Owen told me was he's so surprised at the cost of entry in the tools. And I think we have to deal with this as an industry. Owen, I mean, were you flabbergasted? One of your mentors, I think it's Casey in the shop, told you that he's probably got a hundred grand invested in tools and you probably just fell over. Yeah, I was surprised at how expensive everything was. First, not really something you would think about, but it does make sense, you know, once you're actually in it. I would hate to be sharing tools and have people break tools and, you know, $500 tools at a time. It could definitely create some issues in the, the workplace there. But, you know, I was shocked by it. But now that I'm kind of in it, I see the reason why. But no, definitely a big commitment there for people looking to join. It's so interesting that he sees the reason why. You can't touch my tool. I got to have my tool. But wouldn't it be great if the industry got that tool allowance going for this technician that he could buy his own tools and have his own tools, but it didn't cost him an arm and a leg to get there? Can I get on my soapbox about how many signs we have out there at every place, every place we go to shop for anything that there's job openings and there's no one applying for those jobs? And, you know, why is that, Owen, that so many of your friends did you actually work while you were going to college? Because that's the kind of jobs we have to fill in, if you will, fast food, in customer service, Targets, Kohl's, and all those places where you'd work 25 hours a week. Uh, today, they're paying 20 bucks an hour, right? Yeah, something like that. I personally didn't work during school. I played football at the time, so that was actually a large commitment for me. Uh, it would be you know, almost 40, 50 hours a week sometimes during the season. But what I would do is on the summers when we weren't in camp, 
Aisha's work, the construction jobs, which were a little higher paying, definitely very hard work, but just try to put away nest egg for the, the semester and just do that. Wait a minute. He just said nest egg. I mean, come on. That's a boomer term. Oh, that's my dad's term. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Perfect. He said savings, kind of said savings when he said nest egg. Is that a trait? Yeah, maybe. That's- Just for the semester, at least. It wasn't, it wasn't much. <laughs> Gen Z is definitely more financially conscious, especially more so than the millennial. And I think part of that may come from seeing millennials go into debt and all of that. And it, like you were talking about college, for my generation, it was you graduated high school, you went to college no matter what. I'm a little bit of an outlier there in that I didn't, but most of my friends who did have all of this debt for degrees that they're not even using. A couple are, but a lot of them aren't. And so I think Gen Z kind of saw that, saw the debt millennials were accumulating and were like, I don't want to do that. And then you look at the housing market today. If you want to buy a house, you, like, you definitely need to be saving up to be able to do that. I read something, and this is more along the lines of millennials, but millennials are making on average, 20% less money than our parents were at our same age. And houses are four times more expensive than they were then. So it's just for Gen Z to kind of see what's happening and be like, if I want to be able to afford a house and a life, we need to be saving money. And and they tend to be more on that financially conscious side of things. Definitely. Yeah. I think something that really adds that too is I would say I'm probably the only person my age I know that has their own apartment even at 23. Most everyone I know is either has three or four roommates or stays at home just because everything's so expensive. You really can't save with the entry level job unless, you know, you become a nurse or something like that. And I'm actually going to be getting a roommate soon just so I can be less paycheck to paycheck and more, you know, forward focused. And I even work a second job on the weekends and it's still, you know, grocery stores, hundred dollars a week minimum. And, you know, that's a full work day. You know, nothing tells a customer they need a new part faster than when they see a worn or broken one in their hands. Now, how do you do that in the digital age? Well, it's actually very easy. Thanks to DVX, you can send photos and videos within its messenger platform. It's like nothing else you've ever seen in an auto repair SMS before. Take the best of an Amazon-like experience and use it in your shop to show customers how great you are. DVX also makes it easy for customers to drop you a quick text or answer in the messenger bubble that arises from the repair order. It's like magic. Customers love seeing what they need to do and giving you a quick answer. You'll see your business's potential right in front of you. Your customers get on with their day and you get back to the repair. Everybody wins. It's time. Take it from me. GetShopware.com. As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles. And safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. 
Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. I'm going back to when I was 23 and what we couldn't afford back then. And through the decades and all the changes we've seen in inflation and in interest rates and the cost of housing and the cost of living, I'm just <laughs> sitting here. I almost went, I went some bad places just because you brought me back to the reality of these cycles of life and the generations. It's a thank you. I think this was a big hit for the listener who's out there saying, oh God, been there, done that. I hear this. And you're coming out of college. And again, I think this is so apropos to our discussion. Here's Owen went to a four-year school business degree. He's in the automotive service business right now. I hope he stays and becomes super, super successful. And But he's got college debt. He got scholarships. His parents helped. But he still has to pay something. It may not be as big as someone else, but he's still got that debt going on and rent and a $100 food bill for one person. Amazing. What are you eating? Ribeyes? <laughs> no, that's just for... Just eating chicken and vegetables and just basic, no necessities there. If I go out to restaurants and stuff, it's a completely different thing. Uh, ramen noodles. Yeah, I get it. So damn interesting. So you have to think about improving yourself financially. I'm not sure that you want instant gratification and you want to raise every couple of you know months. But how does a Gen Z individual in the industry look at how are they going to improve themselves financially? Yeah. So it's definitely going to be a trade-off there. And you know, unless you just naturally are interested in tech or you're naturally interested in nursing or something like that, you're going to have to trade off financially for doing something you're interested in because not many jobs pay 70, 80,000 right out of school other than those kind of industries. But I thought that's what everybody's looking for, Sarah, when they come out. Everybody wants a $60,000 job and no one wants to start anywhere. I mean, yes, that's what they want, but this generation's really very realistic. And I think they see that I'm not going to make that right off the bat, but they're more willing to put the time into a job that's going to be more fulfilling, that they're going to enjoy, that they're going to be happy at versus getting that big paycheck right off the bat. Oh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but it kind of sounds like you're more willing to put in the time and grow yourself into this career that you see the potential in making more money down the line versus taking a job that you're not that interested in that doesn't fulfill you maybe for more money. Yeah, exactly. Kind of the same thing. If I stay in the business field, you know, the trajectory there probably would be higher paying sooner. But at least to me, I was like, even if I'm getting more high paid, I'm going to be saving my money on cars and things like that anyhow. And with the cost of labor, it's going to balance out anyway. So I might as well be there, get paid less, and have more access to resources that I could build cars and build motorcycles and do it myself. Wow, he's talking continuity here. I, mean, I just want to stay at it because staying at it is better than not staying at it and going from job to job and, you know, maybe make the right move at the right time, not just because all my buddies are making moves. That two-year zone, Sarah. Owen, you also mentioned that you have a second job, which I find very interesting because that is a big trend along your age group is to have two or three jobs or to have some type of side hustle that whether it's an online business or a YouTube channel or some other stream of income besides your main job. And I do a lot of hiring for shops. So I interview people for technician and service advisor positions. And it's something I've started asking younger people about is their side hustles or other jobs, because I found that for whatever reason, shop owners tend to 
not be that interested in somebody who has a second commitment. And I think we need to be more open-minded about that just because they have something going on in the evenings, on the weekends, on the side. It's not going to affect the amount and the quality of work that they're doing while they're at your shop. Yeah, yeah. so I think definitely a lot of people do have those second jobs. I know whenever I'm you know working a lot of hours every week, feeling like I'm working real hard, once I go over to, I work as a bartender downtown. I speak to anyone there pretty much and pretty much no one just does that. So everyone there is about my age. Everyone there is working two, three jobs. And none of us are really driving Mercedes around. So it kind of goes to show quality of things at the moment. But he reminds me of when I was young. We side hustled part-time job. We did anything that we possibly could to afford our apartments and or our ride and or the occasional decent meal and going to bars on the weekends. Oh my God. I mean, that was a job. <laughs> it was a job just going. It's just being there. Hey, what's the big drink today, Owen? Drink today? I'd say some of the most popular, a lot of Red Bull vodkas these days, uh, not as much beer drinkers, and mostly, I would say mixed drinks, uh, high noons, seltzers. It's probably the, uh, the best seller. Really? Yep. Tequila? Te- any tequila going on? Yeah, a lot of tequila too. Like the higher end tequila sells really well, but definitely less carb focused people, I guess. So I don't mean to derail this episode, but I'm, I'm so curious because there's a brewery on every corner in every, in every city, it seems. Yeah, it's definitely a niche group there. Okay. It's more of you're going to the brewery then for that craft beer experience versus going to a bar to have just like a generic beer kind of. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Okay. So one of the things that Owen also said to me, because of course we did a lot of prep work to get here, is that he believes that you're compensated based on the skill that you have. So how are you going to grow into a more compensation and improve your skill? You may not even know that being a diagnostician in our industry is a high-paid, coveted-style job, understanding all the electronics in the vehicle, wearing a white lab coat and walking around with a tablet someday. Now, that training is available. Are you interested in getting any of it? Kind of going, I feel like the old-school route almost, the way I'm going, just because this is the way I ended up after school. I didn't want to take any on any more debt at the moment. If there was an opportunity to do so, you know, if I had a wage where I didn't have to work a second job, because I really don't have any time for something like that right now. But if there was a way for it to be either paid for or a scholarship or something like that, I would do it. What about free lunch and learn for an hour? Yeah, we're actually going to do one of those September 13th, I think, at Chevy dealership for hybrid cars. But you could literally get on your laptop and or your tablet at lunchtime and go through like a 45 minute training piece, not going to learn everything in the whole world, but you're going to get enticed. You're going to learn some stuff and a continued program. So I find it interesting. So interesting that Owen is saying, I don't want to go any more in debt, but in my soapbox podcast for the last eight years is that owners need to start paying for training or need to have to pay for training if they want to keep you and show you a career path. And even if you leave, maybe you'll come back someday. The point of it is, is that you're more valuable the more you know. Yeah, definitely. I think the two go hand in hand. And just to kind of cover a big point, I think we're kind of touching upon here on the outside, compared to like your average large corporate job right now, people my age definitely expect companies to pay for a lot more things. So they're expecting full benefits. They're expecting time off. They're even expecting if they want mental health money, if they want you know, mental health days. Those are all like basics to them. Or if someone's not paying for something, even if it seems a little non-job related, people will take offense to that or think it's a bad company or something like that. That's kind of the general idea right now. Uh, So I think I am a bit of an outlier there where I don't really see the necessity for that because I enjoy kind of 
the, the small town shop kind of atmosphere, but that is not the the average opinion, I don't think. This is in your wheelhouse, Sarah, what he just said. I mean, because you're out there preaching to shop owners that exactly what he just said. I'd love for you to jump on this. The benefits that employees are looking for today are different than what we may have been providing 5, 10, 15 years ago. And really spending the time when you're interviewing somebody to learn what matters to them and what's important to them. I think there's huge value in that and being able to provide those benefits, mental health days, mental health benefits, even things that are simple like a gym membership mean a lot more to somebody today as a benefit than what we may think of, you know, $30 a month to keep an employee happy. Why not offer that? The health benefits, the paid time off, we've seen unlimited paid time off be a thing now, even beyond just the actual benefits, but the flexibility of the job in four day work weeks and things like that being more of a priority. And I think just getting to understand what our employees are actually looking for and learning how we could make some smaller adjustments to provide that experience for them and to provide that the benefits and the things that they're requiring. You just slapped me upside the head with unlimited time off. So... Owen, if you had unlimited time off, would you ever show up for work? Definitely less likely to. Well, me personally, I pride myself on my work, so I would be here. But I guess it'd be nice if you did have something come up or if you're sick or something like that. But I'm almost someone who, this might be from my background, where I just like, if I've taken off, I feel guilty unless I'm actually in bed or something. And studies have shown that companies that have provided the unlimited paid time off, employees actually take less time off than you would think. Yeah, because they probably have not angry at their bosses and trying to get at them or get back at them all the time. It's probably more of a interchanging relationship. I don't know, back and forth there. And then you don't have this like two weeks, so I've got to use it or lose it kind of a thing. You just take time off when you need it. I look at the whole concept of uh, unlimited time off and normal personal time off PTO as some kind of blended thing, Sarah. And I just did a podcast episode with Pete McNeil, and we were talking about his different hybrid pay plans, salary plans, compensation plans for different technicians based on their age, their needs, their requirements, family, and their skill level. And I found it fascinating. It's a great episode. I can't wait for it to come out. This is kind of in that same wheelhouse where, okay, here's an unlimited time off. Well, I give a week after a year. No, you should give a week when they start. My point is, is that if personal time off is going to entice seeding the young people into our businesses of the future, then we've got to modify old thinking. And it can't be for some small businesses. I can't even imagine that Chris Owen could give you unlimited PTO, but I don't know what you do have or not. It doesn't matter. Point is, Sarah, We got to do better than what we're doing. We just need to be a little more open-minded and not so stuck in the way that we've always done things. And we've seen this firsthand in a shop that had a great employee that was consistently showing up 15 to 20 minutes late every day. Turns out they were having an issue getting their child to daycare. They talked to the boss. Hey, you know, could I just start at a half an hour later than I'm supposed to and stay a half an hour later. And the boss is like, well, if I do that, then everybody on the staff is going to want that. And we're like, well, let's have a meeting. Let's talk to everybody about what's going on. And everyone else on the staff is like, no, that's totally fine. Like that, if that makes sense for them, let them do what works for them. And so I think just being a little more open-minded that being flexible to help our employees and communicating why we're doing what we're doing so that everyone's on the same page as a team and those decisions as well. You're able to allow a little bit of flexibility if possible. Thank you for that. Owen said to me that I'm not a big follow the rules kind of guy. 
Do all your friends, Owen, that are your age or a little younger feel the same way? No, I think it's definitely more of a personality thing. I know some people who are know exactly what they want to do you know, at a young age and they follow every single step of the way to get there. You know, especially people if they want to be like a military officer or something like that or a teacher that's a very set path. They can go do that. If that's okay. They just want stability, a job. They want to stay in the hometown. Uh, I know a lot of people do that. I think me personally, I'm not too sure I felt myself just being forced almost into the college path and to the college career, where at a certain point I felt almost like I was not rebelling to it, but I was like, this because everyone's telling me I should do this, it kind of makes it the last thing I want to do at this point. Oh. I would say amongst Gen Z, it is kind of a theme that you are more likely to ask for forgiveness rather than permission and not necessarily respect rules and authority as much as maybe previous generations did. I believe a lot of the reasoning for that comes to how resourceful this generation is. If you guys need answers to questions, you've always had a way to find them, right? If you want to learn how to do something, you've always had a way to look it up and figure it out and just do it. And I think that's kind of led to this more of a, I'm just going to figure it out and do it versus asking a boss or a leader or somebody how to or what to do. I don't think it's a lack of respect for authority, but more a, I'm going to figure out how to do it versus asking more so looking for the forgiveness rather than the permission. Yeah, I think there's just a lot more options for people so they don't have to do you know the traditional path. So this leads me to my next question, and it's the why question. Let's think of a shop owner. Now, here's a guy, Owen, who just, I'm not going to follow. I'm not a big follow the rules person. But in so many of the things that we do inside the shop, process systems, they've got to be followed. Cannot not tighten the lug nuts on a car. Those are particular rules. If we as ownership leaders, managers in our industry, explain the why to a young person who's entering the industry, who doesn't have a whole lot of experience, this is why we do that. Owen's not going to break the rule. Am I right if you understood why? Yeah, and I think Chris here does a great job of that. You know, every time he explains something new or if he sees that I'm kind of doing it, but I'm not really understanding why or if it seems kind of dumb at the moment, he'll do I think almost every time he starts a new like process because he's had people come and go, he'll always tell me like the reason we do it. For example, like torquing the wheels with the, you know, the lug nuts with the torque wrench every time you put them on. Even though it felt good going on, you want to do it every time because God forbid a wheel comes off, someone crashes their car or something just because you didn't want to take the extra five minutes to do so. Once, you know, that made sense. And it's funny, the week after he said that, I watched someone's wheel come off on the highway. And I was like, oh, I think I will take the five minutes and torque those lug nuts. So I get it there. So what kind of rules are you willing to break or not follow? Yeah, it's more almost like unspoken rules, you know, like your parents telling you, you got to do this, you got to do that coming up or just in general, I suppose with the schooling too, growing up in college, there's a lot of unspoken rules and things you have to do or trends you have to follow and like TikTok, like, oh, everyone's on TikTok. You should be on there. I'm like, nah. I don't think that's going to serve me, so I'm not going to do that kind of thing. So you're an outlier. I probably would be or else, yeah, no too many people work in, you know, the trades job with the college degree when... But trade jobs are in today. Oh, and I'm telling you, trade jobs are in. So think about a young 18, 19-year-old that says, I don't even know if I want college debt. I don't even know what college debt is. There are plumbing carpentry, welding, automotive technology, go down the list. In fact, that house that you want to buy someday that you can't afford today, people who are in the skilled trades will help you build it, fix it, repair it, keep your car going. So skilled trades, I think is, I think we've finally turned the corner, Sarah, which is, I think why it's so important on this podcast to talk about all this stuff 
that helps us find the young people that need to enter. I'm not saying everyone has to be young. I mean, veterans are so many people out there that are floundering and don't necessarily know where they are currently in their world, in their life, in their career that need to come in and join this great skilled trade of ours. I agree. I think at my age, at least I know, say you want to go take BOCES class. I did have thought about it when I was in high school, you know, going to the BOCES class and whatnot to take the automotive courses. I know personally, I kind of brought up the idea to my friends and stuff like that. I came from, you know, kind of a suburb area outside of New York City. So we have a mix of, you know, like really country kids, really suburban kids and more city kids. And I know when I kind of brought up the idea to my friends or the kind of general idea, they were always like, oh, no, that's for dumb kids or that's for the redneck kids. Don't do that. Or you're, it's kind of like you would outcast yourself if you wanted to do that. And I never really understood why, personally. I was like, that would have been cool. I probably would have done it. But I spent a lot of time playing football after school, so it didn't line up. But I wonder if it's still the same now. I have a feeling it probably would be, but I don't know. Every area is probably different. Let's try to wrap this up. I don't know how to do this because there's so many things going on, going through my mind. But multitasking something, Owen, that that's what I seem to read, that Gen Zs are just incredible multitaskers because of that eight second. I don't know what attention span that you have. And there's so much going on. In fact, Part of the discussion that I had with Pete McNeil the other day was, okay, then give them two terminals and a tablet and a laptop at their workstation. <laughs> so, that, so bam, bam, bam. And, and they're good at it. And I'm only assuming uh, right or wrong on that. Yeah. So I'm definitely a decent multitasker. I always kind of like to have a couple things going at once. I don't even know if this counts as multitasking. I guess it would. Like I'm a big podcaster, music person at all times. So if I'm in my apartment cleaning, doing homework, whatever, you know, I've got music showing, I got a podcast showing, like, you know, I can listen to a podcast and write a paper at the same time. It doesn't really interfere. It's just kind of a, I like the kind of the white noise background, I guess. I think a lot of people do. How does that work? Someone said that you don't, multitasking doesn't really work in your brain. You either, there's a switch. You pay attention to this, you turn that off. You pay attention to that, you turn it off and you keep going back and forth. You're, you're switching. You can't have multi-tracks of input and cognitive whatever learning. Anybody know if I'm right or wrong on that? Yeah, I've heard that also. But uh, Sarah, do you want to input on that? I've heard that as well. My thing on the short attention span when it comes to Generation Z is this is a generation that is consuming so much content all the time that the attention span thing, I think, is also just their necessity to filter for facts, like to filter for what's relevant when they're getting so much information all the time and whether it's on social media or wherever, there's just content that it's kind of, they're able to filter through and just take what's important for them. And so I think that's keeping things short and to the point to fit their attention span so that they don't have to listen to or read unnecessary stuff that they're not interested in. Well, look at, I know we're not going to change the world on how we look at Gen Z people, but Owen, we're going to do something else here in a minute, but thank you so much for your insights and Sarah for putting color commentary on this. Cause I know that you're one of our industry's experts as it comes to looking at the generations and thank you for that. Now you wanted to test me on something, didn't you, Sarah? I do. So I've got a couple Gen Z slang words and I thought we'd see if Carm knows what they are and then Owen can maybe educate us both on what they are. So the first one is whip. Whip. Okay. That's a thing that you, uh, I think, have for a horse or an animal or something like that, right? Owen? Yeah. yeah so it would be a, like a car or even car. like a bike or a motorcycle or anything. I don't really know where it came from. But. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fail every one of these. I know that. See, I don't have any Gen Zs in my world, only millennials, but go ahead. Bet. A bet. It's a sure thing. It's kind of close. It's like sounds good, like for sure. Kind of sure. Drip. 
Ooh, that means something that's constant. No, it's kind of like the updated version of swag from the early 2000s. Really? It's like, yeah, it's like, like, your like style. your fashion, your style. You got yeah. good drip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you're using it. <laughs> Karma's learning so much today. No cap. No cap. Wow, I'm lost on that one. Yeah, I don't know how you, I guess it'd be like definitely or actually. Like, so means, yeah, for but, real, no lie. Well, because like, isn't capping lying? Like if you're capping, yeah, you're lying yeah, about something. Would, yeah. So no or cap would be like, oh. Stan. Stan, S-T-A-N. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is one I probably would never use, but it's like, I support that, right? It's like, ah. I'm a fan of that. If it was S-T-A-N-D, I would say I took, I'm taking a stand on that. But it's even shortened. It's S-T-A-N. Hmm. It comes from an Eminem song, actually, about somebody being like an obsessed fan. So if you're a, like a big fan or obsessed with something, it's like, I stand that. Oh, I didn't know it was from that song. Stan or like understand, you mean? No, just Stan. It's like a guy's name. <laughs> All right, Stan. I stand. It's a weird one. Slaps. Slaps. Bad. Something bad. It's really good. Like if it's food, slaps. Food is really good. Ah, food slaps. <laughs> you can use that one. People might look at you funny. <laughs> Ghosting? Ghosting. Saw him, but didn't. Mm, kind of. Or saw him, not anymore. It's like when you just act like you never knew someone just kind of disappear. Well, we talk about that a lot in our industry, Owen, as far as ghosting when we're hiring people. Person says, hey, yeah, I'll be there next. Give my two weeks notice. And then they never text. They never call. We're begging for them to come to work and they ghost us. So, okay. Got that. Yeah. Exactly. Dead. Dead. I'm just going to take a a stammer that that's the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. It is like, that's funny. Almost. Something's really funny. funny, Oh, something's funny. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I got it. Like you've died of laughter. I'm dead. Yeah. Okay. Bop. Bop. It's a dance. Kind of like that's what you call it. If the song's good, and you can say, I got some pop. I was close. You were close. You were close. Goat. Goat. You got my goat. I'm all in. Uh, greatest of all time, like Michael Jordan. Ah. It's like an acronym. Is, yeah. And then this is the last one, which is also an acronym is TLDR. TLDR. Wow. I actually don't know that one. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't it's know. too long, didn't read. Too long, didn't read. Oh, Too long, didn't read. Yeah. So funny. if you see that online, like if somebody's posted something really long and they reposted, there's TLDR. It's too long. I didn't read it. Back <laughs> to that short attention span. Hey, this was too much fun. I so enjoyed this. Thank you for this test and bringing me into the reality of, is it all Gen Z's or just, is it millennials too, these, all these phrases, Sarah? I did not know a lot of these. So I would say this is definitely more Gen Z. I think maybe yeet was on the list. And I think that was more of a millennial term. I don't know if Gen Z still uses the word yeet, but there's that's a like lot to, more to coming up something. too. Yeah. My little brother uses words. I don't even know. And he's only eight years younger. They already have a whole <laughs> different vocab going. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Every generation has their thing, if you will. This is great. Sarah Frazier, VP of Business Development and Client Services at Haas Performance Consulting and Owen Chambers, our Gen Z guest here working at BC Automotive here in Buffalo, New York. Thanks to Chris Green, the owner, for giving you this time to spend with us and so enjoyed this. You opened our eyes. Thanks, Sarah, for doing the color commentary here. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.